Hi, design enthusiasts, it's Laura here. Just wanted to start off this episode and let you know that we've created a freebie for you. Yes, we have, and it is in the show notes. Our number one episode downloaded since it came out is the welcome guide. And with that constantly being number one and trying to be appreciative of everyone and their kind words and how lovely they have been and how welcoming and how encouraging they've been. We created a template here at Thornton Design with our welcome guide. And now we have made it that you can use that too. So there are two parts to the download. One is a template and the other one is a PDF that just shows you all the places I need you to implement your brand colors, your photos, your verbiage, and that way you can get started sending out this welcome guide to your future clients as soon as possible. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope that you find this helpful in your business. And if you have any feedback, we love to get that feedback. So please go ahead and send that to us. Otherwise, let's get started with this episode of The Business of Beautiful Spaces. Welcome to the Business of Beautiful Spaces. I'm your host, Laura Thornton, Principal of Thornton Design. I'm beyond thrilled to bring you this podcast where I am going to share over 25 years of experience in the interior design industry. As an experienced interior designer, I understand the challenges of running a successful business while also creating beautiful and functional spaces for our clients. Throughout my career, I've worked closely with trades and other professionals to bring my clients' vision to life. And along the way, I've learned a thing or two about balancing that creativity and practicality while running a business. In this podcast, I aim to share my knowledge, my insight with you, other designers, covering all the aspects of the interior design industry, from the creative process to the business side of things, from selecting the right materials to managing budgets and timelines. I am going to share all the tips and tricks that I have learned over the years to help you run a successful interior design business. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out in this industry, this podcast will be for you. I'm looking forward to sharing my experience with you, answering your questions, and helping you navigate the exciting world of interior design. So let's get started on the business of beautiful spaces and explore the art of creating beautiful and functional spaces while running a successful business. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Beautiful Spaces. Today, we're going to speak with Rachel Kroll of Monday Morning Interiors. And Rachel is an expert in virtual e-design renderings and how these renderings have um, leveled up her business and presentation skills with her clients as a communication tool. As I mentioned, it's a definite plus to elevate your presentation if a client doesn't have to try and visualize the space that you've created if it has a rendering attached to it. And honestly, it really makes one designer stand out against another who's able to supply these renderings to their clients to make their presentation and their designs come to life. So without further ado, let's talk with Rachel about how these renderings have really helped her design business and how they can help yours. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Beautiful Spaces. Today, we're speaking with Rachel Kroll of Monday Morning Interiors. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. Would you be able to let us know about you, your business, and how you got into design? Yeah, of course. I've been in the design space for about five years, and I've been incorporating virtual design um, in my own business for that same amount of time. And I've been offering um, design services to other designers as well as you know real estate agents and construction companies just to help enhance their services and really like uh, provide a better product to the client. 
I never thought about them using it too, but that makes perfect sense. Of course, they yeah. could uh, get a different visual. So renderings have become such a powerful tool in the design world anyway. Um, I use them as a tool in our office and I know it's really, it's been a game changer in how we're communicating with our clients and how they can see a design like really photographically prior to signing off and saying, let's do it. Could you explain how these renderings can enhance communication between designers and their clients during the design process, as opposed to just the presentation process? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I think, you know, as designers, we're really creative and like imaginative people. And it's really easy for us to see a whole idea come to fruition just inside of our heads, you know? Um, but I think the real trick comes in is like how we communicate that to our clients um, and how we need to like sell our ideas to them. Um, so just like any other tool that we use, mood boards, paint chips, countertop samples, um, whatever it may be, virtual renderings are just like another tool in our belt that we can use to help convey our ideas and show our client that we're worth investing in and that we can really achieve this home that they're looking for. And like you said, it's just like, you know, it just boosts that communication process. Um, and I think it boosts confidence a lot too. Um, so they can really see that final product before taking any major steps. It's perfect. I know that it really has. So we, okay. So two things we do send out renderings to a service such like yours. Um, we <laughs> don't do it in house just for time saving and cost. And we do charge our clients for that service. So we charge it back to them, but I want to know how difficult or your process, I guess, to dealing with other designers intent, like you're drawing someone else's idea. And I know when I send it out, sometimes I get the first draft back and I'm like, Ooh, I really like didn't explain this very well. So you're learning about how sometimes that can be conveyed by your client, by how you're getting images back from somebody who's trying to interpret your design. Can you walk us through your process and what that is like for you on your end, trying to interpret another designer's intent or look or feel or aesthetic? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been really interesting because obviously I do them for my own clients. And so I kind of know the questions to ask them to like dig deep into like what they're thinking. But when I started, you know, like how you do with your company, uh, reaching out to other designers and helping them, it was kind of a different conversation that I needed to have with them um, to kind, you know, so that I could replicate their ideas and their aesthetic. Um, so I think with that, it's just a lot of communication. I ask for, um, you know, I, I look at examples of their previous work so that I can understand like where they're coming from. I get all of their samples and really have a pretty in-depth conversation with them about where they're looking for this design to go. Um, and then we obviously do feedback and, and, you know, second takes and all of that. So we can really get it as good as we need it to be for them to present it. So how do you like getting like, do you do you like a combination of AutoCAD and Canva? Like, what's your what's your favorite? Like, what would be your more favorable way of getting information? Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, AutoCAD and Canva, I think, are perfect. Um, they, uh, I think, every designer kind of has their own specific way of like getting information from their clients and compiling it, and I can work with you know, whatever they are used to doing. Um, but it is nice to have 
you know, it is nice to have any, any information and any resource that they're using. I want it. I want them to give me everything. Usually designers sometimes will be like, oh, I have all this stuff. Like, do you want it all? And I'm like, yes, send it pictures and samples and whatever else you have. I, I want it all. That makes sense. And what if they don't have it? What if they're, there's a lot of designers, decorators, stagers, they don't use AutoCAD or don't, don't know how to, is, is that something that you can still work with? Is that something that they can provide you with like sketches? Like how would that work if someone doesn't have those tools in their business? Yeah, I definitely still have worked with smaller designers that, that, you know, their companies just don't have the capacity or they don't know, you know, um, how to use those things. That conversation is usually, um, you know, we usually have to go through a few more iterations of the design until we get it perfect for them. Um, but I think asking a lot of questions and just really trying to communicate and understand their vision before I jump in, even if I'm not getting, you know, sketches or, you know, CAD drawings, I just, you know, I think communicating with them is really helpful. So it's a phone call then like, or Mm -hmm. not just email. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, I know here at our studio, we just did three presentations in the last two days, which is like, right. Like it's a lot. And, and so, um, I know here we make changes right up until we can't. And, and so I'm, I'm wondering what you think designers should have in the back of their head during their design process. Like how much time do you need on your end to create the rendering so that they should be working backwards? Like art, for example, here, we have an eight week design time, like that our design um, phase is eight weeks long. And that's pretty much regardless of any size of project, it's eight weeks long. So usually at the four to five mark, we have everything done and it's all been sent out for pricing or renderings or things like that so that we can still have time to make changes if something comes back so absorbent that we the client can't afford it or we don't like the way it looks. But if someone doesn't have that process, what should they be allotting you know, before they send you the package to say, here, Rachel, can you create X amount of renderings for me? what should they be working back towards? Do you need two weeks? Do you need three weeks? Like, what would you recommend? Um, yeah. So our turnaround time is two weeks. Uh, and, and then we offer, I mean, you can, in our regular, just like package, we offer two, uh, uh, you know, feedback sessions. Revisions. And then all- yeah. Yeah, revisions. Um, and if they need more than that, then that's just like an extra cost that we tack on. Um, but yeah, it's two weeks for the original renderings. And then we usually take a week to do uh, revisions. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So you need around three weeks. So everyone listening should know that that is typically what you need to allot for. Mm-hmm. And then when you were saying that then it, w- it would be an additional fee if they still don't like it. But it's that's meaning if they like, I know I've seen something and been like, I don't love it. And now I want to now I want now I can see where I can do better. And I've changed it. And it's it's not your issue. This is this is me never being satisfied issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Charge, if it's an issue charge. on me, then yeah. obviously, Fair. if it was like a yeah. communication issue, then obviously that's on me and I'm going to cover that. But if right. they're changing their ideas, if the client comes back and says, oh, I don't like that. And then I have to change it like that's, you know. Yeah. And is it always a full color rendering that you're providing or is there any of the black and white sketch? Like, is there any of those sequences or is it just, here's the information and you're spitting back the color rendering? No, it's, it's both. So I do color renderings and then, 
um, like the SketchUp, like elevations of different things as well. So is it, do you have a minimum? Like if somebody just has one space, one room, multiple views, or do you prefer like two or three rooms? Uh, nope. I'm, uh, you know, I started out by doing one room spaces and I think I'll always like love doing that. Um, so, so yeah, even if someone just has like a, a water closet that they want to do, I, you know, I will definitely take that on. So I don't know if you find this even in your business, but as soon as renderings became part of my business, my amount of revisions is minimal. And so the clients will often say, well, I don't think we need a rendering for every room because I used to break it down so they could see where I didn't want them thinking that this whole chunk number was all design. I wanted them to realize that there was a significant number in there for renderings. Cause as I mentioned, we, we do send it out to a service like yourself. And so, you know, I broke it down and then I would say X amount of renderings equal this. And then they would see this big number. And the first thing they would do would be like, e, you know, maybe we could do two, maybe we'll just do the kitchen and the great room. And then I realized that was doing a disservice to me because if I just lumped it all in as design and set, and it's just in there as renderings, at least one view per space we're doing, okay, maybe not like a linen closet, but <laughs> yeah, you know, like all your principal spaces that you're spending money, no one balked at it. But what I found was when it came to the presentation, first of all, everyone walks in and they don't even recognize their space, period. Then the amount of revisions, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking, were like non-existent. There'd be minor, ridiculous, like things that, you know, you'd be like this, why haven't I done this sooner? So I know that's a, a long-winded question to say, have you found that when you are supplying the renderings, you're not really getting the revisions back because people are taking like, the room and signing off right there? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just really powerful for them to walk in. And I get so many times they're like, wait, did you do those measurements correctly? Like, are you sure this is right? This can't be my space. And I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm yeah. sure this is what your house is going to look like, you know? And they just get so excited to see this. They're more on board. Um, and even to your point of, of minimal, you know, problems, uh, I will print them out and put them in the room so that all of the people working with me on install day and also like yes. uh, contractors and stuff, they can see the vision from the very beginning. So everyone's on the exact same page. And I think that helps so much. I do the exact same thing. And you're right. It does, <laughs> because I think it also stops the questions. Like somebody actually also can have the visual in their head and be like, Oh, I can yeah. see here that this is what she's planning. And so you don't get the same amount of phone calls from the site if you're not yeah. there. Um, and I found that that's been a game. You're right. Good. Very good point. Because anyone else on the job site can see your design intent before, like, you know, like my contractor isn't always privy to see the furniture in place, but if he can see why I'm putting a light, a plug in this weird, odd location, he doesn't call the question. Is this in the right location? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. That USB <laughs> at 33 is because that's where their nightstand is going. Like something random like that. Uh -huh. But now they have that visual as well. I know. I think, I, I mean, I really hope everyone listening will engage if they're not doing it already with renderings, because not only is it a fantastic, efficient communication tool, but if you don't have the hours or the time to do it and you can engage someone like Rachel, you can actually be making money on these renderings as well. So I know you don't want to hear that, Rachel, but that's true. Like you could be marking these up and you could still be benefiting and making money off of these from your client in addition to less revision. So now you're making more money because you've allotted for X amount of hours in your, in your rate, 
um, or I hope you have anyway, uh, that you now don't have to spend. So you've put a few more dollars in your pocket. Now we all know those uh, extra hours will get spent somewhere along the way. Um, but in the meantime, your communication and efficiency has gone up and your clients are looking at a space that they can't wait to, to sign on the bottom line. So I know that uh, for us, it's been a game changer if the clients were willing to engage and we had to keep exploring how to make it that they don't didn't remove the renderings out of the scope. And sometimes we've even gone to the point where they've removed it and we said we have to put it in and we've eaten the cost knowing that we'll make it up by the fact that they will love it and sign off, right? Um, yeah. Okay, so is there anything else you can tell us that would be a benefit to having these in your presentation package that maybe I'm missing? No, I mean, honestly, really I feel like we've covered, yeah. Okay. All right. And then is there things that some designers should know, like, is there certain apps or any tech that could be useful to be able to convey this information? Like, I know we touched on Canva, which I didn't know for probably two years of using Canva, you could put clickable links in there. Someone taught me that and it's been a complete game changer because then <laughs> I can forward a file to anyone to quote. But is there any other apps or any any other technology that would be super helpful for designers to be able to convey their image, their, their vision for you or someone like you that does what you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten a lot of presentations through Google Sheets, which they also offer clickable links um, and is a little bit, uh, I mean, some people find it a, an easier interface than Canva. Um, but obviously, but I think, you know, Canva and Google Sheets is about, is usually what I get. Okay. And how can people a lot to know how much of a budget do they reach out and it's done per room basis? Like you take a look at all the parts and pieces and assess it. Is there a yeah. minimum? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I do have a minimum fee and then I kind of look at the room and, and decide, you know, how many hours this is going to take me. And, and, you know, if this is a room with a lot of detail, obviously that's going to take quite some time, but if it's something that's more simple and they're just using, uh, you know, simple furniture and, and square edges, you know, <laughs> it's a lot easier for me. Right. Oh my gosh. I didn't think about that. So all these new curved mm -hmm. ball pillows and sofas must be your nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Definitely adds a little bit of time. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. That's a good point. So, so a millwork I'm assuming would maybe take a bit more time because there's more detail, mm -hmm. but if it was a room with just some furniture and drapery flooring, it's a little more simplistic. It would obviously be on yeah. a lower scale of, okay, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then as the technology continues to advance, what future trends and developments do you see on the horizon for the virtual rendering concepts in the design industry? Yeah. I mean, I think technology, like we've seen, it just keeps on like speeding ahead. And I think it's really important to stay on top of that. And our clients are going to appreciate that if we can show them like, Hey, we're on top of what's going on out there. Um, and I think we've all seen like AI images of interior design spaces pop up on Instagram and Pinterest. And I think they're really great for like inspiration and, and kind of getting your wheels turning. But the thing about AI is it's only pulling from pre-existing data. So it can't be as creative as a real human brain. Um, so, and a lot of people, when they come to interior designers, they want creative ideas. They want to be able to, you know, utilize our skills in a way that where we're, you know, coming up with new solutions.
solutions and innovative ideas for them. Um, so I think using AI as like as a as another tool to inspire us, but I think there's always going to be space for designers to create their own virtual renderings. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, you know, I think everybody kind of had a bit of a freak out last year when ChatGPT kind of took over the world and everyone yeah. panicked and like, am I going to be needed if someone can type in, give me a, you know, but the reality is I've seen them too. And it does look mm-hmm. like what your neighbor has. And I figure if you want what your neighbor has, you're not probably looking for an interior designer. Um, but I know that that's changing at a rapid, rapid rate. But to your point, it it, it is limiting currently. It is very limiting, mm-hmm. but does uh, I, I do think the human touch you can't trade just yet, but does that worry you at all? I know I, I was a bit like, oh God, like am I gonna need, who's going to need me if they can just plug it <laughs> in? But I do feel like I, I agree with you on that human element for sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, like, I don't think it's just us as designers. I think it's almost everyone in the whole world. It's like, wait a minute, is, you know, or is anyone going to be needed soon? Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> um, I mean, and we'll see where it goes. I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I don't think anyone can really tell. But for right now, I think, you know, the human element and that our creative ideas are still really needed. Agreed, agreed. So let's say we have somebody who's listening who hasn't, reached out hasn't done renderings yet and we they're intrigued by this idea of incorporating the renderings into their design process what are some actionable steps that they can take to get started in this journey of starting to engage the process with you and how do they need okay we talked about how they forward and then they reach out to you and then you can and actually if you jump over to monday morning interiors you have it on the website as well which we will ask you at the end where to find you um but any actionable items that they can start doing now that you could recommend? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would, you know, if someone's looking to incorporate this, you know, renderings into their process, I would look at what their clients, like what they're recognizing their clients as a, you know, common problems that they are, that are coming up and, you know, maybe gather a list or just like think of some stuff in your head Um, so then when you come to me, you say, you know, my clients, we usually have a problem with, you know, whatever it may be lighting or them really being on board for these, you know, extra cabinets or whatever, you know, common problems so that we can really cater the rendering to showcase those things. So I also think too, like, I want people to also recognize that this really elevates your presentation for your clients. Yes, it's a great communication tool, but this really elevates your business. In addition to that, I think you stand out against another designer who's not offering renderings as an option to to a client. And, you know, sometimes we get to do these presentations and we, we, you know, we we, we got paid to do the design and we did the renderings, but then maybe we don't get paid to do the implementation. And so they take this and, you know, do the construction with somebody else and then buy the pieces on their own or whatever the case may be. And you never actually get to photograph these spaces. And so I have used the renderings that we have had made in my social media. I use them on my website as our process. Like these, and and people think they're real. They've written me and said, oh my God, I love that fabric. I'm like, this is a, this is a rendering, (laughs) right? Like I feel like there's more ways that you can use these renderings and these investments in your presentation to your clients that is actually to your benefit as a designer as well. Like I'm looking at your webpage right now and you would not know that these items are, are renderings. Like they are photo realistic. 
And you can feel that you now, if you weren't able to photograph it, or they did parts and pieces, and it's not quite your vision, and you're not as, you know, you don't love their stuff that has made their way into the design. <laughs> this way, you can still use these items to convey your aesthetic to potential other clients in the future. So um, anyone listening, I just don't want you to think it's only for this sole purpose. I feel really feel like these renderings that you've invested in and your clients have paid for, ultimately, you can use in multiple of ways. So Rachel, can you let everyone know where they can find you, how they reach out to you, social media, websites, all the good things. And then we'll have all of this in the show notes as well. So that if anyone wants to reach out to you, they can find you really easily. Yeah. Um, so my business is called Monday Morning Interiors. And that's uh, so the website is just Monday morninginteriors.com. You can reach me at info at Monday morning interiors at gmail.com or no, not Gmail. Sorry. Info at Monday morning interiors.com. Just that. <laughs> um, and then my social media handle is also just at Monday morning interiors. Perfect. And easy. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. It was great getting to know you. Yeah.